What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Academics Podcast. I'm your host, Justin D. Barnett, and as always, thank you for tuning in. In this episode, we are diving into the world of public relations. I had the opportunity to chat with Leah Katz, who's the Managing Director of Business Relations for the Americas at Fleischmann Hiller, which is also under the Omnicom umbrella. Leah has over 20 years experience, so this episode is full of useful knowledge for anyone interested in a career in public relations. For those that are not familiar with Fleischmann Hillard, they're a public relations agency based out of St. Louis, Missouri. As experts in reputation management, public affairs, marketing, media relations, crisis management, social, and research and analytics, tied together with strong strategic creative, they help clients own the present while staying poised for the future. Here it is. Enjoy. Hi, Leah. Thank you for joining me on the show today. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, yes. I know um, initially you reached out, I believe, after a panel discussion that I spoke on and, and, and just reading about your background. Um, I was very excited to, to get on this call with you and, and jump into this interview. So, you know, before we really get into it, let's just start with a brief self-introduction, if, if possible, for the listener. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Leah Katz. I'm the Managing Director of Global Business Development. That's a real mouthful, isn't it? For the Americas um, at a PR agency called Fleischmann Hillard. Okay, I'd love to hear more about Fleischmann Hillard. Sure. So, I mean, part of the Omnicom family, which is where you and I um, sort of cross over, I guess. So Fleischmann Hillard is one of the biggest global agencies uh, when it comes to the PR industry. So we cover everything from consumer PR, corporate PR, uh, public affairs, employee engagement, right across the spectrum of all the big companies in the world. So we work for people like Chase and J&J and PepsiCo, um, right through to some of the tech giants. Cisco, for example, is one of them. We do an awful lot in healthcare as well. Um, So if you can think of an industry, we probably work in it. and do all internal and external comms. So you currently hold the position of managing director, um, as you said earlier, of, of business development for the Americas. So what, do, I mean, that is a mouthful. Like what, what exactly does that mean? What do you do in that role? So essentially, I uh, when an RFP comes in, when a new client or maybe a current client uh, wants to pitch out the business and Fleischmann Hillard is part of that, I essentially, it comes into me um, or anyone in my team. We look through the pitch, firstly, evaluate if it's a client we want to work for, a project we want to do. Um, and then I handpick the team based on who is right for this particular brief. And then we pull together the pitch, which if any of you um, are familiar with uh, the pitch process in advertising, it is exactly the same in PR. You know, we're getting everyone in a room from the strategists, creatives, research, um, through to client leaders and people with specialist knowledge of the areas. And, you know, we're pulling together the pitch. We start from data and insights. Um, We deep dive into the audience, into competitors, into the industry, uh, into their communication strategy. We form our strategy. Then obviously, big, bold, creative within that that has earned media at the heart of it and lay down the program. So it is intense. It is exciting. Um, We get to do America's RFPs and big global ones as well. So my role is really kind of deciding what we're going to pitch handpicking the team and then running the process and pushing the team strategically 
essentially to do uh, award-worthy work um, to get new clients in. And I, I know you've been in the industry for a while. Um, beyond Fleischman, I know you, you've been in like over a decade. Um, I'd love to just kind of hear about the journey thus far with your career, like how you got into advertising or, you know, PR and, you know, what it's been like, um, you know, each step of the way. Yeah, I mean, God, I'm coming up to nearly 20 years, which makes me super old. So, um, I mean, we'll get into this bit, I guess, a bit later. But um, I started work earlier than most because I actually dropped out of university quite early on. Um, I just wanted to work. I just wanted to sort of start earning money and and just be an adult, I guess, at the time. Um, So my first job, I actually worked um, at a printer's and created within this print company. God, I sound old with print. Um, essentially a department that uh, ran content for fashion and beauty uh, PR agencies. So we pulled together photo shoots and produced all the lookbooks that you need with them. And that, for people who don't know, is essentially what gets sent to the beauty editors or fashion editors to try and get them in the covers of of sort of Vogue and those sorts of magazines. And and that's really where I started, um, which I loved. And from there, kind of moved into a PR agency. uh, and, And these were all like boutique agencies in London. And I think I would be classified as that point of what you call a publicist more than anything. So these are like agencies, maybe 10 to 20 people in them. And in those types of agencies, you just do everything. There's no hierarchy really in there. So it was great. It was such a great learning curve to just get your hands dirty on absolutely everything. Um, I then got really heavily involved um, in celebrities and music. Um, I even had a boy band, believe it or not. So um, when I was doing a lot of music PR, um, we decided to put a boy band together and put them on X Factor. Um, X Factor is like a voice type show in the UK. Um, I don't think it, it's here. It's another Simon Cowell machine. Um And they didn't quite get through, which is absolutely fine. But we decided to launch them anyway in the UK. And way back then, the way that you used to do that sort of thing is you used to put the boys on a bus and they used to go and perform at schools. And the reason you would perform at schools is you would then have postcards and collect the information of all the girls there so you could start creating a fan club um, and mailings. Well, at that time, something called MySpace existed and we decided that we weren't going to put these boys on a bus, but we were going to essentially launch the first boy band online in the UK. Um, And so we created a MySpace page with thanks to Tom, if anyone remembers him, um, and generated fans that way. And instead of pitching them out for press in the usual way, we started pitching the people who were running the websites of all these teen magazines. And suffice to say, it worked. We bought down kind of some of these websites, which got headlines within itself. I mean, look, the band never did anything in the end. We never made the charts, but it um, propelled me into the world of social media. And off the back of that, I um, began freelancing and had all these different companies coming to me to work out how they should be on MySpace. And had I heard of this new thing called Facebook that was coming through? 
So I spent a bit of time kind of working for myself and helping these companies muddle through what now is just everyday kind of communications for us brands on Facebook and stuff. But back then, um, you know, it was first of its time. And then I got approached by Edelman, who's another big global agency um, who had just won a client, um, a mobile phone client, and they wanted to basically run global social media. And they were asking me to do the role, the EMEA role across Europe, Middle East and Africa. And they wanted us to run their social presence across something like 15 countries and 15 different languages, 24-7 monitoring, stuff again that today we would be like, yeah, cool, we've done that a thousand times. Back then, we essentially wrote the rule book to do it. So I worked there for a while and loved it. I then became managing director of their digital um, of their digital department in London, where we had like 90 people, I think it was. Um, and it was just a phenomenal experience. It was the first time in a PR agency we were hiring planners and creatives and looking to the ad agencies to kind of um, mo- the ad agency model essentially to come into PR, which was amazing. Um, I left there and went to a smaller agency where I sort of became CCO. Um, And the exciting thing that happened there is we actually decided to have a merger with Fleischmann Hillett. So I began um, I began to learn about the world of mergers and acquisitions and help lead the merger um, to join Fleischmann Hillett, where I've been the last, I think, six years, perhaps. I started off in their London office there. Um, And on one of my trips to the US, I got asked if I fancied being a global client leader in New York, um, where I jumped at the chance. And they asked me while I was in New York, if I wouldn't mind helping out with some of the pitches that was going on. And at the time, I was like, sure, happy to do it. Always say yes is kind of my motto. Um, And bit by bit, that ended up becoming my main job. And I loved every second of it and went into the business development role full time, I think, just before the pandemic hit. So not quite a nutshell answer, but there's a there's a quick run of 20 years worth of career. Yeah, I mean, there's so much I want to unpack in in that story alone. Um, And excuse me if this is a basic question, but you, you talked about early on in your career, you played a role of more of a publicist. And I'm wondering, from your perspective, like, what's the difference between a publicist and, let's say, a, a public relations um, specialist? I think at their core, you know, the similarities is you're both crafting a narrative and talking to the media. But I think in a publicist style role, it's much more what you would do in music if you were promoting a brand or sorry a band not a brand um, or a celebrity it's a bit more in that realm where I think if you look at the big global agencies what they're doing is you know it's it's much more strategic it's much more data-led in terms of the scale of what needs to be done from a PR perspective so many of Fleischmann's clients for example are global so it's writing a global strategy um, and toolkit that's then disseminated down to different regions and localized. So there's a lot more that happens before you're even thinking about talking to the press, I would say. 
the what the part of your story I think that really intrigues me the most is you didn't go to you know you didn't finish your your university degree and you you went right into work. So I'd love to kind of dive into that and, and understand what that was like for you. Um, because for someone who's who's reached the the C suite, you know that that's a rarity. That's actually one of the first times that I've heard something like this that you know the person of your status has did not finish college. So I mean, what what are your your you know what's your point of view on degrees? So. I mean, I'll go back to my parents, I guess. So my mum is a teacher and she was the first person in her family to get a degree. So she was very passionate about education and kind of the path forward. My dad didn't have a degree and hardly even finished the equivalent of high school in the UK um, and went straight into the music business, actually. And my dad kind of managed bands and was a music plugger and eventually kind of self-starter and and ran his own creative agency. Um, So my dad was definitely an inspiration and generally on a pedestal for me my whole life and continues to be. So I hit 18. I, you know, academically was at a very good school and did really well. Um, I really wanted to go and work. I really just didn't I didn't want to go to university in the first place I was ready to kind of be in central London and kind of that image of a working girl that I wanted to be my mum and my school really pushed university on me and I sort of just gave in and went and in the UK that's different from here when you go to university you have to essentially choose one topic to study And so I chose psychology to study at a university called Exeter, um, which is a very good university. And I got there and I was just like, what am I doing here? And I was there for a few months and and really tried to sort of sit it out um, as much as I could. And I remember sitting in a class um, with one of the professors and I remember saying to him, so I'm going to get this psychology degree. That's cool. So can I be a psychologist after that? Can I like go into counseling and therapy? And he was like, oh, no, you can't. You will have to go and do another degree and then this and this and this. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do I get out of this doing this degree then? And he was like, well, you know, that you did a degree. And I just thought, God, this is so pointless um, for me and where my passions were. And I knew I didn't want to be a therapist or a psychologist. I knew I wanted to be in advertising or PR or something similar to what my dad had been doing. Um, And so I quit. And I remember going home and telling my parents that I'd quit and they were not impressed, as you can imagine. And I essentially knocked on every single agency's door in London and and just offered to do anything like I would have worked in the post room I really really didn't care um and at that level I would say entry level with no degree they just want someone with a bit of spunk and personality and a great can-do attitude And I got sent on this job interview through a recruiter. And I said it was like a printer's where I started out who wanted to um, create an offering for PR agencies that was for fashion and beauty. And I was just like, I'll do anything. I'll learn it. I'll this, I'll that. And it was 100% my personality and my attitude that got me through the door. Um, And I genuinely think it's the best thing I did for myself and my life. I mean, my friends came out of university in debt. 
They had no idea what they wanted to do. I don't see a single friend of mine using the degree that they actually studied in. Um, And I was so much further ahead. Um, And now when I think about it and I interview people, especially at the entry level, it is all personality and can-do attitude. You know, I do think now the world of interning has changed things a bit because people want to see a bit of experience with that. Um, but it's all on the chemistry. That's, that's very, very interesting. I mean, what about, you know, what advice would you give to someone who is in that situation you were in when, they, when you first got to the university where you're like, what am I doing here? And they're, they want to go into the, the workforce, but now we're living in, you know, a work from home digital era where you can't just go and knock on a door, you know, like for someone who's interested in working at Fleischmann, how can they, how can they do that if they're not, if they don't have that degree in their qualification? I think like I, what amazes me about all agencies now is they all do have their own in-house recruiters. Um, and maybe that's always been true for the US. And because I obviously spent most of my career in the UK, that wasn't always true in the UK. I think, you know, you call on them and find out their routes into employment, I would say, like, have they got any special courses? Because more and more agencies these days globally are creating sort of um, apprentice schemes and different routes into the business. So finding out if they've got anything like that, then networking, like LinkedIn's amazing. The directory of everybody that you can imagine and re- and most people are helpful, let's face it. And, and maybe some will ignore, but even just asking a few basic questions, if you, if you've got your eyes on a company, um, is reaching out to people, asking the questions, asking for help and mentorship, all those things that I know um, are spoken about so often, I think is really important. Um, I know I work at a big agency and should be pushing the big agencies, but I grew up at small agencies. I grew up in agencies that were, you know, run by the name over the door. And they always want help. If anything, I think if you've got no degree and you're like, I don't want to do the education thing, I just want to get experience and I want to be in work. You know, I would even say really think about some of the smaller agencies out there. If you've got the attitude that you'll roll your sleeves up and learn anything and do anything, no matter what it is, I actually think some of the smaller agencies are a good hotbed for that. Yeah. You, earlier, you, you mentioned that when you did get in the door, it was your, your personality that, that kind of won them over. Um, I'm wondering, you know, from your perspective, for a young person coming into the PR industry, you know, what are some personal traits that you think are like essential to have? I do think the can-do attitude. So I say personality, and actually, I probably mean a bit of attitude um, in there of just not being picky about what you're working on and being there just to learn and absorb. So I think definitely getting that across. Um, Not being scared to ask questions. You know, I've done so many interviews where it's kind of like me, the interviewer, asking the questions and the person being interviewed just answering them and not treating it like a conversation. An interview should be a two-way conversation where you're asking questions back and forth sort of thing. And it's scary 
God, being 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, um, meeting a CEO of a company or anyone, see, you know, it's intimidating. But to go in there and just feel bright and, and like they're going to care about what you've got to say and really make taking the interview, which is a one-way Q&A, into really driving a conversation, I just think makes all the difference in there. Um, and showing you're passionate about them, be it, you know, them as an agency, or maybe it's an in-house role um, that you've read up on kind of their clients or points of view or anything like that. I mean, essentially with things like if you think about PR and advertising and specifically the client facing client, client services roles in there, like it's all personality. It's not skill set. So people are buying people here. So it's you that's got to sell yourself and what you're bringing at the end of the day. Now, there are different jobs like database jobs or creative where there's a different skill set that kind of you're selling and things that you can show. But when it comes to client services, it's all about you, how you think, how you come across to people. Um, so that's what you've got to showcase in the interview. Initially, you, you had a goal on saying, you know, I want to work in the advertising industry or PR and you got there. And I'm wondering, what is it about it that has kept you in it for so long? Because I know a lot of people have that mindset coming in and, and the retention rate is like very low. So for, for someone to be in it over 20 years, you know, what, what is it about it that, that has kept you here and keeps you going and keeps you motivated? Well, firstly, I would say that when I felt like that at 18, like I just said ad agency and just to me, there was no difference between, I don't know, a marketing agency, a PR agency, a creative agency and above the line, below the line. I did not know the difference. It was like this weird catch all kind of phrase. Um, so and I think that's worth thinking about for people of all those different things. Um, but what's kept me here is. I, I love the people. I love people generally, I would say. So getting to engage with people on a daily basis and solve problems um, is, is my absolute passion um, and bringing those teams together. But I think our, the PR industry has changed significantly in the time of my career. You know, when I started out, it was quite one-dimensional in terms of the roles that were available. You know, the kind of account director or VP, SVP over here was everything. They were the note taker, the strategist, the media plugger, the creative kind of all rolled into one. There was no differentiation. It was very strange, like you're meant to be all those things in one. And social, I think, changed everything. PR suddenly looked at the ad agency model of planners and creatives and started bringing those in. And it really changed the way the industry was and the type of people we were hiring. And I remember when I was at Edelman running the digital team, like I hired SEO people. You imagine, I can't even imagine a PR agency 20 years ago knowing what SEO was, let alone think they were going to hire them at one point. And now we've got designers and data scientists. And, you know, in the healthcare team, we've got 
you know, um, nutritionists working there. We've got scientists writing data manuals. Like, it's amazing. And it continues to evolve. So it stops being boring. Um, having to work out where these different skill sets come into planning a campaign and strategy and how to push the client and the campaign further and further. So the evolution of it all, I think, is what has kept it so interesting for me as kind of I've worked through it all that it just each year feels like you know, it continues to shift. Um, And one of the things I'm thinking about and working on at the moment is like agency of the future. What does that actually look like? How do we as big global agencies like begin to prepare for that? What does digital transformation look like for us? And how can we continue to put data at the heart of absolutely everything that we do and really see it through right to the end? Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. I, one one other thing that I love to hear from you is, I, you know, I know you 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 came up in London and you're mm. now in America. You know how how does the public relation industry differ um, depending on you know region or location? Um, I don't think it does. Honestly, okay. I think when it uh, the media landscapes are different. So I will say that you do have different media landscapes in different countries. Um, And I remember when I did a lot of EMEA work, Spain, for example, their media landscape is very, you know, what's called pay to play. So PR kind of, you know, everyone assumes you can just call up any journalists and essentially pitch them and kind of get free advertising, you know, almost uh, for those who don't understand it um, as well as anything else. And so whenever we do a MIA work and a client, you know, would want to go into Spain and it's much more a pay to play and not earned media approach. Um, you know, they'd be quite shocked because everything here is obviously earned media. So so the media landscapes um, change drastically, I would say, in each country. But in terms of the working practices of an agency, they're very similar, um, UK to US. Got it. Got it. Leah, what would you say is your, your favorite part of what you do? Um, two things. Um, in this particular role, um, I get to work with different teams every week, essentially. Um, if you think about it, when a pitch comes in, we handpick those teams. And sometimes those teams have actually never, people within those teams have never worked together. So you get to like give birth to this whole new team together and build this amazing chemistry and team mentality. Um, And look, pitching is super, super, super stressful at the best of time, especially when, you know, there's a lot of money um, riding on it and it might be quite high profile within the agency. But there is something beautiful about all being in the trenches together um, and creating this amazing pitch and doing the presentation, like the adrenaline rush of that. So I love, love, love the team aspect of it. That's kind of number one. And then number two is I love pushing the work to be the best that it can be and the ways of working to get there. And, you know, I think social made me, uh, really get into being data driven 
early on when it came through NPR. So what does the data tell us? How can we use that to really drill down on an insight? And now how can we use that data, maybe in the way like the uh, paid media agencies use it to think about our tactical campaigns? So I love pushing the work and pushing the teams to kind of do really phenomenal work, maybe really innovative work or new ways of working um, and continue to keep raising the bar. And what would you say is the most difficult or the most challenging part of what you do? Um, look, pitching's really stressful and it's really hard when you lose, especially. Um, and the hardest thing about losing is all the passion that's gone into it. But there are amazing clients in the world and then there are not great clients in the world. And I don't think people on the client side really realize how much goes into pitching their business. And sometimes when you lose, you're just not given a proper reason. And so you can't even learn from the loss. So the losses are really hard. Um, I would say, you know, going back in my career, toxic clients would be one of the biggest challenges, um, especially if you're leading that account or have been put on that account and are dealing with it on a daily basis. And this goes for any client service industry. Mm-hmm. And I've had two types of bosses. I've had the sort of boss that is like, well, it's the client, suck it up. Sorry that you're crying every day and being, you know, verbally abused on a daily basis, but they pay our bills. And then I've had some amazing bosses who I've learned from that has just gone, nope, that is not acceptable and called that person's boss and dealt with it and didn't care that it was a client and protected the team and the people. Um, so that's that's another big thing. I do think clients in our agency industry are one of the biggest challenges. Um, a lot of a lot of listeners of the show are you know college students or people who recently graduated and they're trying to find their way or trying to figure out what which lane to go down in, in you know either advertising, marketing, public relations. And I, I, I say that to say I, I'm very big on advice, right? Or whether it's direct or indirect, I really try to always look around and learn from other people's moves. And you being so experienced in the industry, I'm wondering if what what's some advice you would give to to someone just starting their career that you wish you had received early on? I think there are two big things that I would say. Say yes as much as possible. Even if it's a client you don't want to work on, a job you don't want to do necessarily, you just never know where it may take you. So always think yes first rather than no first. I think that's such an important piece of advice. Um, and one where I've seen people travel the world because of it, like, and meet new people and have all these amazing experiences. So I'm a big believer in the power of yes. Um, I think when it comes to agencies, the skills are interchangeable. So don't overthink too hard PR versus advertising versus creative, et cetera, et cetera. You'll have loads of transferable skills, which kind of leads to my biggest point um, that I wish I had known when I started out in the agency world is being a generalist is a superpower. 
um, when you get older, I think, Um, you know, I was given the opposite advice and told to specialize, 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 and you'll always be needed. And you'll be the top of this and kind of especially when I got into digital. Um, that's what people were telling me. And I just think it was the wrong piece of advice because I then became a utility player that can plug and play into any client, any section of the business, anything. Um, actually being a generalist across every industry and kind of um, piece of PR made me more valuable than those others that had sort of stayed in a very narrow lane to be a specialist. Leah, we're coming up to uh, the end of the episode. This has been a really, really good conversation. I think people are going to get a lot out of it. Um, but before we jump, I just want to, um, I wonder if you could, for the listeners who are interested in getting in touch with you or learning more about Flashman Hillard, you know, how can people reach you? I know we spoke about LinkedIn earlier. You know, how, how can they find you on LinkedIn? And also how can they find Flashman Hillard? Definitely. I mean, hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, I, you know, I have it. I promise I'm a responder, not an ignorer. Um, so it's Leah Katz, L-E-A-H, and then Katz, K-A-T-Z. Um, if you go on the Fleischmann Hillard website, you'll see the job opening. Um, and you'll, I think I'm even on there. You can get to me uh, that way as well um, through the business development site. Um, so feel free to hit me up. But if you do reach out on LinkedIn and want to chat to me about opportunities at Fleischmann or be, you know, put in touch with the recruiters there as well. Like, I'm so happy to help. Um, I'm, I'm really passionate about helping people through. I'm even more passionate about helping people who um, don't have a degree like me and want to talk through some of the best ways that they can get in the foot, their foot, feet, foot through the door. Um, so please, um, you know, feel free to reach out. Thank you so much, Leah. This has been great. Oh, I've loved every second of it. Thank you so much for having me on. No problem. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning into this episode. If you want to keep up with us outside of these podcasts, make sure you follow us on Instagram. That's at Academics, A-D-C-A-D-E-M-I-C-S. You can also email academicspodcast at gmail.com for any and all inquiries. Thank you. Class dismissed.